How's all that coordinating going? Uh, so in every... Short answers only. Jeez. <laughs> Just kidding. There is no short answer. <laughs> there ain't no short answer to this one. So every submission leading up to the permit submission that was just uh, three weeks ago, one series of cross bracing was on the column line of this existing building. So interestingly enough, the beam line is actually further north than the column line. So the, the beam line is actually bracketed off the column. And so it's kind of like eccentrically loaded onto the column and it's not bolted directly to it. And it's just, you know, applying your standard forces to it. So, but it's, the bracing has always been on the column line. And then we noticed that it has shifted and it's on the beam line. So now it's kind of encroaching to any columns or what? So it's not attached to any columns, but it's, they've got a detail that's basically showing some additional bracketing and some other things there, reinforcing the column. So the column is going to be stiffened. These are existing? They're all existing columns and all existing beams in this particular part of the building. Yeah. But new cross bracing. But new cross bracing. New stiffeners, new cross bracing. And the thing about it is, is that it this cross bracing also occurs basically in a mechanical chase that has both existing and new steam lines in it. And it's the cross bracing now is shifted where it is cutting through. Yeah, of course. The existing lines. That works. Not the. Yeah. And you're like, really, man? <laughs> Did they and not load so, all the models in or was that stuff not modeled or what? Are they just no, no, care? they're they're all modeled. I mean, because we were looking at our model today, saying, you know, hey, uh, some, we got a little oh, man. something wrong here. Do they are they not coordinating those other models? Or are they just putting stuff in like, oh, we'll figure that out later, or is it they just don't care? <laughs> no, I, th- I well, my structural engineer definitely cares. Love them; they're fantastic. Uh-huh. You know, I just it it might have just been something that was missed only because they're not. They don't, these particular lines don't necessarily show up on the new work. It shows up on the existing to remain. And I don't know if there's, I know we've been, we literally just had this conversation today about these little gremlins showing up. Yeah. And, you know, like whether it's, you know, the view graphics or face filter or, you know, work set or something. It's exactly, it's just like, there's like 55 places or something you can put stuff in Revit there. For for right. one reason or another, it won't you won't see it. And my assumption is is they might have looked at fifty four and it's in the fifty fifth. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh man, yeah. Typical. It's it's crazy how much time people spend looking for things inside of a model like that. Yeah, yeah. There is a ton of wasted time in that. I I did see. I think that we had this in in our office. It was, uh, you know, there's just a view where it's just like everything turned on, everything. Right. There's, yeah. Yeah. That's the, that is the beauty of of a system like Revit or any BIM tool. I think is that like you can you can have views that never end up on sheets, right? <laughs> like we yep. I think we've talked yep. about that before. It's like these are great for QA, internal use only. No one ever has to know that they exist as far as final output goes but man they're helpful in the meantime right so yeah having those sheets where or a view where everything's turned on or having a view where all the rated walls are red you know having a view where all of the exiting paths are you know showing all the time you know whatever it is it's like it just seems like there's so many opportunities to have kind of built in 
safety checks like that. We have those, and those were the things that, that that's you know what we were referencing back when we found it. We we're like, oh, oh, yeah, huh. yeah. I mean, and even yeah, just yeah. having them on isn't going to tell you that there's clashes happening, but at least like, right. you have an opportunity to see like what the fuss is about. You know, oh yeah, man. I remember doing a mechanical layout for a mechanical engineer because they couldn't figure out how to route it, you know? And it's like, I, I, we I just, had, you know, you're just spend all day in a 3d view with the section box and figure that stuff out. But I don't think yeah, they we, do that. No. Well, probably not. Just, yeah, we we spent, ago. we spent, we spent a lot of time coordinating the, basically all of the roof mm-hmm. layout for, this current project because you know where everything naturally occurs in the mechanical is fine but then once it like hits the roof it looks like a charlie foxtrot and and then you you know you need everything to kind of either be aligned or you move around and stuff like that and like i don't really know what that what what you're talking about so it was easier to model it show them and they say oh yeah do that i like how we'll take care of that for you We'll show you. Yeah. Amazing to me how much time people spend modeling these models to the nth degree when our profession, like we talked about this a few episodes ago, oh, 15 sheets to build the building. Right? I, I, I pulled out my soapbox. It's all about representation about and abstraction. It's not about putting every freaking screw in there, right? But But so many people get trapped into this, like... You have to put everything in the model. This is this is one of the issues I, I see with this whole topic of digital twin, which is you will have this twin digital model of the actual physical building in which you can, you know, run simulations and see how they turn out in the in the digital world. And then if you like what you see, apply it to the physical world so that you don't waste your time like with a different furniture layout or a different conference room configuration or whatever. You can right. You know, you can potentially do that digitally and then and then do it. But but in order to do that, you have to have so much detail in these models. It's a completely different use than modeling for delivery of a project, which is construction yeah. documents. Right. Which um, I, I pulled out my soapbox that you and I were had discussed in the past about why we're spending so much time basically redrawing a manufacturer's typical detail. If we're really not doing anything different to it, okay, yeah, so we're going to put it in our model. Okay, fine. But, you know, if we're showing this detail for representation of a basis of design, why are we wasting our time? Yeah. Why aren't we more concerned about, okay, if we have a roof detail, let's have that detail, like that, where we've got, like, say, maybe a special condition or something like that, that we need to, like, get it all squared away. And then, and, and so I just kind of like went off on the rant that you and I've kind of gone off about, just like we're drawing too much and we're not saying anything more than what the manufacturer basically told us what to say. It, don't redraw their stuff. Let's focus on the details that we really care about. I don't care about a typical detail. I care about how that typical detail is being modified, changed, altered. I need to see how that works. Let me spend more time on that. If all of my other roof terrains are just your standard off the shelf, Zern, let's just throw it out there. Um, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> then, then let's just go ahead and use that detail. Well, what's, so what's basis, amazing basis to me is design. you've got to think about this stuff long term, right? So, yeah, yeah, there is potential for value in redrawing details. If right, 
if you're hooked up to, let's just say, like eSpecs, not a sponsor, right? Where right, all right. of your components in the detail are tied directly to your specifications, and then right. your specifications are being written by you drawing that detail. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now that has potential payoff over several projects in the future, right? Because now you have this thing that is tied back to another database that enables your team to like, like specs written for me. Yes, please. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. But if you're not, if you're not doing anything like that and you simply are redrawing it because it's mindless work and you're not actually willing to tackle a harder problem and so therefore you're just cruising by redrawing these details that is completely unnecessary and i think that happens a lot it's like especially now where people are in isolation i could see this happening a lot i'm not saying it is but i could see it where it's like what'd you do today well i drew five details it's like wow that's a lot of details it's like did you need to draw them right because they've already been drawn or were you just doing something that you knew was safe to do is, you know, it just it's not adding overall value to the project. It's not something that requires thought. It's just really rote kind of right. busy work right. at that point. Right. And no, like, stop doing busy work. Like, we, we all need to get out of the, out of the rut of doing busy work. Like, this whole, like, there's so much drawing that happens that doesn't need to happen. Right. Oh, well, totally. Totally. But it's just We're a place to stick hours, right? Like, so what, what I don't understand is, like, how everybody doesn't understand that what architects do is sell time. And if you're spending your time doing stupid stuff, there's no value there, right? And so right, right. it doesn't work. It doesn't fit the business model. I mean, you know, it was funny. It's like, how else are they going to know that this is what we want? Well, you say roof tray, and then spec it and then you know they see what is in the spec and then you know there's so many different ways to streamline this to make it so much easier on us and you know you and i go back to this whole you know conversation about well if you're doing a model-based delivery okay then model everything potentially yeah but like you you would have to figure all that out ahead of time yeah exactly yeah we're still stuck in this kind of like purgatory of um of the way the thing, the way we used to do it, yes. and the way we want to do it, right? In yeah, because nobody is really nobody's willing to embrace that want to do part. Yeah, and that conversation would really be like, what do you, what does the next person in line need from me? Not right. What needs to be there ultimately? Because that might not be your job to put the final final thing in there. It just might be to right. represent what it is that you need. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Being a piece of the puzzle and kind of understanding that you're a piece of the puzzle is so important. And really stepping back and asking other people what they need in this process seems to be much more clearly the direction that we need to be going. But you're right. We are stuck in this purgatory of delivering drawings for approval rather than building a BIM model for building off of. Like those are two, again, we just keep beating the same drum it's just right uh, right it, it it actually is a uh, that's a good way to put it like we're stuck in the middle of it right here mm-hmm. so who's gonna figure this out <laughs> i i think that man there's a lot of people out there willing to figure this out and they're not they're the ones who've left firms to go do that and figure that out and they're not working within firms right so if you're I, in the firm you still got to pay the bills you got to feed the machine so I actually am making a pact with myself that I'm going to try to see 
how I can implement it on the next project mm. and how we can go about basically taking the busy work out of our hands. Yeah. There are so many people out there testing things, like doing all of the research for us. Why why should we apply our brain power to stuff that we're like, okay, I need to find a UL 916 partition. I don't know if that's a real number, but I'm throwing one out there. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, like somebody goes through the effort of like, oh, here's a UL, you know, 916 partition. I'll go ahead and draw that. Well, you know, isn't there a detail right there for it? Yes. And it's got all of the uh, parameters and everything else for it. Why not just grab it and move it in and say, okay, boom, here, I'm done. Right. You know? Yeah. In well, again, it depends. Saying, it depends what that long-term use is, right? Because true. I would, and I I'll totally throw out another example. There. Another example is we want to use this detail again later, but it doesn't look like our details. It doesn't fit our standards. True. We all know that doesn't happen very often, right? Like that'll be our little secret that everybody on every project's reinventing the details because that's how they do it. But if you had a company-wide, you know, cloud-based content repository where you want to save somebody else time later and not just worry about yourself right now, you might take the time to clean that detail up, submit it into the system and get it put out as a standard detail. Right now we're the, yeah, the, uh, details repository. Yeah. Suppository is a, a, a funny word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a repository. And, and, and it seems like it's, you know, applicable here because we all seem to have our head up our... Anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I like what you're saying because really it it takes that kind of leadership to say step back and say, is there a better way to do this? It's not like, what's the better way to do this? You, you can't always assume that there is a better way. A lot of times we we reinvent stuff that's been done slightly differently for no valuable gain, right? But but is exactly. there a better way to do this? And that the hard part there is just knowing what's available and knowing, being exposed to what's... It, so, so you're constantly trying to be exposed to what's available through Lunch and Learns and the web and your Twitter feed right. and all these things. And you right. can't obviously know it all. But it seems to me like a, like at least a decent attempt for everything that we do to say, is there a better way to do this now? Like we've been doing it like this forever. Is there a better way? Let's just spend fifteen minutes and explore for you know figure that out. Right, right. I don't know. Tough, and that's tough problems exactly. And that is so totally exactly what I'm thinking. There are better ways out there. We just need to commit to it. Yeah. Yeah. Committing to it is hard because again, people like to do the thing that they already know how to do and uh, looking for a new way to do it definitely does. There, there is a hit on your time card to figuring out new ways to do it. But again, like I think there needs to be a stance from the company, no matter how big or small that is, that, that you're willing to look for these new ways to do them and if they exist spend the time to figure it out so that you can spend you can save a ton of time in the future right like i feel like a lot of times right. we just don't think about our future selves we don't give the gifts to our future selves of figuring how to automate something now so that we we don't have to do that again you know it's that to me is is a the level that we should all be operating on well the only gift that seems to keep on giving is the question of us saying, uh, why are we doing it this way? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Have another suppository. 
Exactly. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Oh, speaking of suppositories, <laughs> when's your appointment? <laughs> Yesterday. Mm. Well, you sound like you're you're doing just fine. Didn't get dinner afterwards. Didn't. <laughs> That's what you were referring to. That's what I was referring <laughs> I to. I didn't know what you were referring to. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I, I, it'd, I be, it'd be pretty funny if it was over like uh, a Zoom call. <laughs> like, okay, now you're going to have to do this. Well, what's funny is that, you know, I had to take COVID tests before this. Mm. And I would go into their office and they were so hands off, I would have to actually administer the COVID test to myself. And then they would basically be barking the process through. And and then essentially I would say, uh, you know, and then kind of go through things and then put the little swab in your nose, swirl it around three times, hold it there for 10 seconds, which that's actually the worst part is the holding it there because it's literally like jabbing into the back of your, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. and then, and then oh. move it to the other side and swirl it around and, you know, hold it there for 10 seconds and then break off the little stick and drop it into the solution, into the little test tube, put the lid back on, put it in there, put it in this bag. And literally they've touched nothing. It's all me, but you know, I mean, I can at least confidently say that, you know, because I had one last Monday um, and then I had one last Friday because oh, wow. they moved the appointment because of the weather that we had. Uh-huh. And oh, that's so right. and so I've had I've um, had uh, whatchamacallit, um, two COVID tests and two negative COVIDs uh, come back to me and yay. 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 I kind of wish we all had it already and were over it. Yeah. You know, people are most certainly getting to their wits end about all of this. I mean, this this one guy, he, uh, you know, you're not allowed to go into the actual, to check in and stuff. You can't go into the actual office. You have to stand out in the hallway, call a number, tell them you're there. And then there's, then there's, chairs positioned basically down the hallway oh (laughs) well it's down the hallway (laughs) six feet apart where you you have to to, like sit you get to go down there and wait yeah so then so then this one guy was there for a you know a procedure and you know with all the prep time and everything else that you know you have to do to this and stuff he was there and i had gotten up from my chair to go and help this lady who this older lady came up and she was like, I was like, Oh, you need to call. And she said, Oh, they said, don't bring any valuables. So I left my phone in the car and I, so I can't call them up. I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me, let me go ahead and call. And so I'm standing there with her and stuff. And this guy was, you know, comes back and I was like, Oh, sir, I was just, I was sitting there, you know, I'm not sure you want to sit there. And so he comes up to the chair, literally inches from my leg. And sits down there and says, do you mind moving? What? Like, sir, I'm on the phone trying to help this lady out. He goes, well, I just need my space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Oh, man. 
what so his procedure was a colonoscopy and so all of like the thing and i don't want to get into this you know and gross people out or anything like that but it is a you know for those people who've gone through this and heard you know know what i'm referring to he had to go through all the pre-prep stuff and he's in like the little curtained off area right next to me both before and after and you know when we're both sitting there like waiting they come in, they tell me, you know, everything's, you know, normal, blah, 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 this other stuff. We had to do this, 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 and this. And then, you know, kind of like said, okay, you know, you're good. And then him, they're like, well, sir, you apparently didn't follow the pre-procedure requirements. And we, we couldn't do a good test on you or a, a good procedure on you. Uh-oh. And so start over. he has to start over. And I'm like, serves you right. Yes. <laughs> like. I was, I honestly said, but I was so happy that the way that this guy treated me and this, this poor old lady out in the hallway, it literally was karma coming back to bite him in the ass. Nice. (laughs) It's just like, you're brutal. Like, enjoy that again. Yeah. Wow. Dude. because I'm assuming you haven't had one yet. No. Because of your I, age and your it will young. It will be coming it will be coming up soon. And when you go through the process, you will understand exactly like mm. just the Fantastic. The, yeah. And again, don't want to get graphic or anything, but it is it's a rather shitty adventure. Uh. <laughs> 